Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning with Lyle and Monsoon will soon be here. We think she might be in the car park. We kind of have that suspicion, but right now... She has not yet joined us. Here she comes running up the path. She's about to, she's about to, to crash through the front door. There it goes swinging open now. And, uh, she is running around to the studio, coming in the studio door now. Um, she's now in the, in the, in the, uh, control room and into the studio she is. And we're about to switch on her microphone as she takes her seat. Monsoon, welcome to the show. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? Oh, Lyle, you're lucky I even came to work today. <laughs> <laughs> What happened? I'm so disappointed with myself. You know how I have that New Year's resolution to not get sick? No. I think I'm getting sick. No. I almost called Lawson, but then I was like, no, if I call Lawson and tell him to take my place today, that's like calling it and saying I'm sick. Mon. If I show up, I can still say I'm just getting sick, but I'm not actually sick. Mon. Yeah. You want to take the microphone over there? (laughs) <laughs> Fine, let me move to the other end of the studio with this microphone. <laughs> so far, I've just got a bit of a sore throat, but I'm sucking on various things. Okay, so. we'll just hit it, smash it with everything, you'll be fine. I've got a jar of garlic in my bag. You've got a whole weekend to absolutely right. smash yeah. this uh, this slight sore throat that you have, which yeah. you're not actually sick. Yes, right. I'm not actually sick, everyone. I'm not actually sick. <laughs> I refuse to be sick. <laughs> you know how you know it has when you start to get that sore throat and it's like, mm. nah, I'm not really sick. And then when you eventually decide, actually, I'm sick, and then you get really sick. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you decide that I'm, you're sick, it's mm. like you're done. I'm not sick, Lyle. Well, I'm not sick. Not. This is a reminder. You are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the tune in radio app. There you go. What are you thankful for? This morning, Mon. I'm grateful for all different kinds of throat lozenges. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be. I thought you were going to say, "I'm thankful I'm not sick." Yeah, I'm very thankful that I'm not sick. I'm really, really thankful I'm not sick. Yeah, super, super thankful I'm not sick. What are you grateful for? Ah, uh, oh, I got a bit of a list, but we're going away this weekend, so oh. this should be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, go on. This is Stones of Eden with Back This Way.
ocean drifting nowhere fast And it won't be long Practice where you will come, Lord Practice where you will come Practice where you will come, Lord Practice where you will come Back that was Stones of Eden. Back this way here on Faith FM. Mon is about to uh, Mon, who is not sick, is about to give us a uh, clue for the quiz. What do you got for Definitely us? Definitely not sick. Who am I? This is a Bible character. I am a New Testament priest from the division of Abijah, whose wife came from the line of Aaron. Give us a call. I think Lyle knows the answer because he pulled the quiz card and looked at the answer. No, um, that's I why didn't. he's writing it down. Uh, give us a call if you think you know the answer. We'll send you a prize today. Um, our number, of course, is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. That's an easy one. 1-800-324-843. Give us a call on that number. And um, Mon, who is not sick but is busily blowing her nose here, will um, bring us not some sick. positively different news. Here's the news. I'm not sick. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have got some really cool news, Lyle. Oh, cool. I'm very excited about this. Um do you know, uh, um, oh man, maybe I am sick. I can't remember what I'm supposed to talk about. No, uh, have you seen, <laughs> have, you seen <laughs> have you seen forks over knives? I think so, yes. It was a while ago. Your wife's nodding, yes. So okay, I'm so, so, so I have seen it then. Forks over knives is the single most inspiring documentary about food. Uh, about food, about uh, the world needing to embrace a plant-based uh, lifestyle change, what it can do for your health. It's it's inspiring because like it has great lines. Like there's these you know world famous doctors um, who say you know who can say who say to camera, cancer is a, you know a toothless tiger, cancer is completely beatable. You shouldn't have switched to a plant-based diet. And when you hear stuff like that, it's encouraging, it's inspiring. Mm. Um, so if you haven't seen Forks Over Knives, definitely go and see it. Um, just, I think you just watch it online. It's been out for a number of years now. Um, but still, I love re-watching it. Um, and, uh, and one of the doctors uh, from Forks Over Knives, uh, he trained at Cornell University. And so this university has become a, a, bit of a, a bit of a hub for plant-based research. And, cool. uh and some food scientists from Cornell University have created a new spread. It's a butter spread 
right? Because mm-hmm. um, you know how there's an ongoing war. Margarine versus butter. And I know the answer to that question, by the way. Is margarine. It's avocado. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't need it either. <laughs> or but anyway, oil. they've created a new low-calorie butter, in inverted commas, uh, spread, and it's made of entirely, uh, almost entirely of water. Oh, that's cool. So a tablespoon of this low calorie spread has, and I should say kilojoule because calories. Is that like American. what uh, nearly frozen water kind of thing? I'll tell you, it has two point eight grams of fat and twenty five point two calories. Um, where on the other hand, butter, which is like eighty four percent fat and about sixteen percent water, has eleven grams of fat and nearly a hundred calories. And margarine. Uh, this is not comparing it to margarine. Okay, so margarine uh, is just gear oil. For those of you who might be wondering. Yeah, it's it's highly processed and all kinds of ingredients. Yeah, there. margarine is. Um, yeah, I read but about a famous is, battle the other day, uh, fought by British special forces, and they kept their machine gun going with margarine for like a day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and they actually kept stocks of margarine on hand to run that machine gun. It's gear oil. That's okay. what margarine is. I, I, I love it. I have a bit of an addiction to margarine, which is why my wife doesn't buy it because she knows that what she doesn't buy, I won't eat. And so, um, maybe you need to switch to this because this is like yeah, this is the, this is the great one. This I think this will be the winner between the two of them, between the three of them now. They've actually so, and you're probably thinking, oh, well, they probably have to process this new butter thing as well. Actually, uh, they figured out a new process to emulsify a large amount of water with minuscule drops of vegetable oil. And um, to mimic butter, and uh, at approximately one fourth the calories of real butter, and without artificial stabilizers. Uh, so imagine eighty percent water in twenty percent oil, and this is a quote. And we create something with the with the consistency of butter, with the mouthfeel of butter, and the creaminess of butter. Um, that was food uh, science professor and senior author um, of the paper, Aliras Abupart. Sorry butchered that so apparently you know as we know emulsifying water and oil is nothing new uh but what they do is they use high interval phase emulsions which is uh acronym h-i-p-e hype <laughs> um and they keep adding water to that oil until the final composition is 80 percent water and 20 percent oil so that's actually all it is oil and water and they've managed to do it in this high intensity phase emulsions until it's gotten to a butter-like stage that's cool. That's really cool. I'd like to try some, see what it tastes like. I'd like to try some too, especially because it doesn't, ha- doesn't have to have any sort of stabilizers and all that kind of nonsense. And um, uh, what's that thing? Um, um, preservatives in it. Do, do you want some positively different news? Because if you do, you're going to have to uh, swing your chair across here really quick and watch what's happening just outside of our door. This way, this way, this way, this way. There is a magpie. <laughs> This is the best thing ever. There is a magpie who has decided it is springtime. Springtime is coming. He's going to make himself a nest. And he's found the most amazing source of uh, warm, fluffy stuff to put inside of his nest. And it happens to be our doormat. And I've been wondering why our doormat has been so threadbare. Well, now I know where our doormat has been going. It is somewhere in a a magpie's nest. It's somewhere in a tree. He, uh, it's hilarious. There's been a video of this happening right now. <laughs> oh, we definitely should. We this definitely is live should. at our studio right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. He's got a big old, big old big full. There he goes. He's gone. At first, I thought he was hungry. I'm like, man, you yeah, must well, be really starving. I've been, I've been looking at here, watching him here, pecking away at it, thinking, what on earth is going on here? Why is he eating our doormat? And then I just suddenly figured it all out. There are going to be some baby magpies. Oh, no. We're going to get swooped, Lyle, coming to the studio. Yes. 
because oh, there'll be baby dude. magpies somewhere who will be snug and warm in our doormat. Doormat. <laughs> anyway, okay, that's that is good news. It's good news to have little babies. Anyway, here's a picture of this butter. It okay, looks, looks pretty good. Butter. It's very white. It's very uh-huh. pale. The thing that scares me is that they're wearing gloves. Well, that in order to not contaminate it with themselves. It's not to protect them from it. It's to protect it from them. Yeah. Because some of them, might, some of them might be like me and not sick and they don't want to get, you know, <laughs> the other scientists. I'm, perfect, I'm sure it's perfectly safe for them to lick that spoon. Anyway, Lyle, I've got another quick story to tell you. You know what I hate about butter? What's that? It's always so rock hard. Yeah. And you buy soft butter, well, of course, that's worse for you than margarine anyway. Mm. It annoys me. I'm telling you. And then, of course, you, if you warm this- the butter, then it changes the chemical composition of it so that it's no good for you. Well, dude, until they bring out this 80% water, 20% oil um, You can butter, stick with avos. Just, just go with avocado. Yeah, good old avocado. I don't even buy either of Madrid, but I haven't bought them in years. Yeah. Just avocado is the answer to everything. It is. It is. This is very true. Okay. Lyle, this is really cool. A team of female conservationists is helping to save an endangered butterfly species in Oregon. And guess where they're doing it? I have no idea. They're doing it from inside prison. Really? Yep. So these are inmates, uh, female inmates. Uh, is at the Coffee Creek Conventional Facility, uh, which is apparently the only... Conventional or correctional? Sorry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> correctional yes. facility. It's the only women's prison in, uh, in the state of Oregon. And it actually hosts a conservation program that recruits inmates to care for the Taylor's Checker Spot Butterfly. Um, it's, it's, it's lost most of its habitat in the Pacific north, Northwest of America and uh, as was officially listed as an endangered species several years ago. But thanks to these uh, female inmates, however, 1,200 larvae have been raised and released back into the wild uh, since the program started about two years ago. Um, and in its inaugural year alone, the team released almost 600 butterflies uh, that were raised in the facility. Um, and just this gone March, they released hundreds more. Um, this program was actually in collaboration with the Oregon Zoo, uh, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and Institute for Applied Ecology as a source of rehabilitation for the inmates and preservation for the species. I think this is a fabulous idea for, for inmates. It is. It is. We need to get more inmates doing this kind of work because it's going to be, you know, because these are correctional facilities mm-hmm. and if you want to correct somebody or if you want to rehabilitate somebody, get them doing something positive for, the, for the world and for the yeah, universe and exactly for everybody. And it's a warm, fuzzy feeling every time you do it. And this, this is, apparently it turns out it's a great idea because not only does um, a prison provide a controlled, isolated environment for the butterflies uh, with a team of dedicated workers on hand, it also, um, like, like we just said, it provides essential job skills and psychological relief for the inmates who are trained to work. Uh, with the butterflies either in a lab or outside um, with the butterflies in, in, their, in their native habitat. So this is really, – I'd never thought of this, but this is such a good idea. I think they should, um, they should take this worldwide and just pick a species that's native and endangered to every uh, local area around a prison and then get them working on it, get them helping. Get them to solve the problem and Helping something that can't help themselves. Yeah. Grow, grow baby butterflies. That's and, it. and they're so beautiful. Look at look at this. It's like orange oh yeah, and white and brown and beautiful stripes and dots. It's like a little um, stained glass window. It's beautiful. Anyway, this is Cutlass with What Faith Can Do. Everybody falls sometimes. Gotta find the strength to rise from the ashes. 
and make a new beginning. Anyone can feel the ache. You think it's more than you can take, but you're stronger, stronger than you know. Don't you give up now? The sun will soon be shining. You gotta face the clouds to find the silver lining. I've seen dreams that move the mountains. Hope that doesn't ever end, even when the sky is falling. I've seen miracles just happen. Silent prayers get answered. Broken hearts. That's what faith can do. It doesn't matter what you've heard. Impossible is not a word. It's just a reason for someone not to try. Everybody's scared to death when they decide to take that step. Out on the water, but it'll be alright. Life's so much more than what your eyes are seeing. You will find your way. Back everybody, that was Cutlass with What Faith Can Do here on Faith FM. Let's have another clue for our quiz, Mon. Okay, who am I? I am spoken of in only one book of the entire Bible. Is it the same clue as what I heard yesterday? Yeah, yeah, that'd be, that would be correct. I'd, I'd yeah. agree with that. Yep, yep. 
You give that clue first, it's like, well, that could be a whole bunch of yeah, people. Yeah, that's true. I was just realising that. I guess it's a whole bunch of people that are already mentioned in one book of the Bible. But mm. the first clue was? Um, I'm a New Testament priest. Yeah, okay. From the division of Abijah. His uh-huh. wife came from the line of Aaron. There you go. This person's only spoken of in one book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us a call if you think you know who it is. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Or you can text your answers, 0491-064-669. Okay, so I had a really weird experience the other day, Mon. I was standing in line to uh, purchase something, and the person in front of me was buying a $2,000 item. And, uh, you know, they, they talked it backwards and forwards and worked out the specs of what they wanted. It's like, yeah, okay, I'll have that one. And uh, then proceeded to plonk uh, $2,000 in cash down on the table and start counting Wheels. it out in 50s. How long since you've seen that? I have never seen that done. I mean, last week someone, because I was at work and someone paid me $6.05 coins and I wanted to throttle them, but (laughs) 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 I've never seen someone chuck down 2G in cash. Yeah, I've sort of uh, seen it on on odd occasions, you know, buying a motor vehicle. Okay. You know, you go and buy a car and it's like, well, I want the car today, so I'll pay in cash right Mm -hmm. now and get the best deal possible. But it's been a long time since I've seen someone with a big wad of cash in a shop. And I have to admit that the very first thing that went through my mind was... Criminal. Criminal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was the yeah. first thing that... I was like, yeah, that's not dodgy. <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a criminal is that? I'm really interested to know what on earth they were buying for $2,000. <laughs> well, in case they're listening in, I'm just not going to say anything because okay. uh, maybe it was completely legit and maybe my, my evil surmising was unfounded. But anyway... Um, in a day and age when you can pay by your phone, on your oh, watch, yeah, uh, with a card, with pretty much anything, um, and uh, probably with your, can you pay? Can you pay with your thumbprint these days? I don't you can't know. be too far I'm off. Sure, you can. I mean, I think I feel like thumbprint is a step up from the other. <laughs> but cash thing. is rapidly becoming the domain yeah, of criminals. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where criminal activity takes place. Um, is in cash, and so new proposed legislation will place a 10k limit on any transactions. Uh, in Who cash. pays for anything ten thousand dollars? Who pays for anything in ten thousand dollars, and it's cash. legitimate? Yeah, that's my question. Yeah, that's. You know, who does that? I don't know anybody who does that. Now, I'm sure that there are a few people who do. But, yeah, jail terms if you pay for something uh, more than 10K in cash. Well, that's not very nice. I don't think they have to go that far. Well, you know, you haven't heard the full story yet. You have not heard the full story. Now, in Europe, Mm -hmm. some countries have a 1,000 euro limit for cash. So that's $1,630 Australian. I don't think that's right. Yeah, I've paid for stuff uh, over uh, $1,600 Dude, plane tickets can cost more than $1,000. Yeah, but who's ever bought a plane ticket with cash? Older I've never people. bought a plane ticket with cash in Look, my someone, life. Someone who works in a store where a lot of elderly people come in and they open their wallets to get out their money to pay and their wallets are always fat with cash because they're still scared of credit cards. They hate having to tap and swipe and stuff. They take all their money out and they have it all sitting in their wallet. But 10K? No, but at least a thousand. A thousand. K? A thousand if, K? if they were going on a trip, you better believe they're going to turn up at the travel agent with a couple of thousand dollars in cash. Okay, to pay the for black the economy in Australia is worth more than the national deficit. Really, fifty billion dollars, and that's a cash economy. Fifty billion dollars. No, okay. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so you got things like you know mates rates for cash. 
um, workers being paid cash under the table, people who oh, collect. Oh, okay, that kind um, of thing. People who are collect a lot. A lot of it is this kind of thing. People who are collecting, um, you know, New Start allowance or you know any other number of bunch of allowances, and of course they get offered work, and they're like, well, I can't because I'll lose my allowance from the government, um, and so they get work for cash. A lot of people working for cash. Uh, they get paid, you know, they get underpaid, but they're happy because they're getting two two wages, all that kind of thing. Um, so there is a huge um, criminal element to to what is actually taking place in relationship to cash. Um, use of cash in the last ten years has dropped from sixty nine percent to three percent. Wow, it's a big drop. Wow, that's a massive. I still think okay. So one billion dollars worth of paper money in Australia mm-hmm. is just warehoused. It's in large denominations like $100 bills and it's warehoused. Um, and then another $5 billion Where is, this is, warehouse? <laughs> is in uh, circulation um, as operational funds. And this is all within the black economy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yep. I had no idea. Uh, so a lot of cash has actually gone out of circulation Simply because it's just card is um, king. yeah well and and eight percent of all cash is used cop this eight percent of all cash is used in the black economy okay well by criminal I st- activity I still I still don't think I I still think I agree with making it making legislation that you can't use certain amounts okay so there will be there, ex- there are loopholes there, like there, yeah do you okay. know Sophia Amoruso why would never heard of, why would I know Sophia Amoruso well, Who is she's this? famous. She's a businesswoman, and I, I okay. recently read her autobiography. And she started off a, like a sh- a just selling secondhand clothes on eBay, and um, and then ended up starting an online clothing store that became really big. But uh-huh. she had bad bad credit rating, right? Mm-hmm. And even though she ended up starting her own business, and the business became hugely successful, she still had this bad credit rating. And she went to buy a Porsche, and they wouldn't let her pay with a car. And they said, "You can only have this car if you buy cash." So she goes home and. <laughs> gets a suitcase full of cash and came back and bought a Porsche with cash. She's not a criminal, but it turns out she couldn't have been what, in prison. Okay, so there, there are exemptions yeah. that are being placed in the legislation to mm. allow for you know certain situations. Okay. Um, one of those, of course, is Australia being a very sparsely populated continent. Uh, throughout the outback, you'd be able to use cash oh, because okay. there is very little internet support. Wouldn't that just drive criminals to the outback? Well, the outback economy kind of needs a bit of a boost, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But um, they've also recognised that older people use cash, and so there's and oh the other the other area that cash is used is by poor people. For some reason, poor people use cash. You know why that is, right? Have you ever heard Dave Ramsey? Um, he's he's sorry, all these people you've never heard of, but he he talks. He's a Christian um, speaker who talks about how to get out of debt and stuff like this. And he recommends you go back to cash okay? if you can't control yourself with a card because having a plastic piece of card disconnects you from the reality of money. And he's like, just get all your cash out on payday and put it in little envelopes in your ba- in your in your wallet so that you know this is my rent money, this is my food money, this is you know power bill, this is my phone bill, and just go back to cash until you really understand how money works. Okay, and this limit will not affect poor people. Oh yeah, okay. Because poor people aren't spending ten k at a time in mm-hmm. on, on, on Porsches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I I have rarely in my life spent more than ten k in one transaction. Maybe I could count those transactions on half of the fingers of one hand. Uh, so you know, it's not going to affect um, you know the poorer. 
sections of society, but it is interesting to see where our world is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Europe, obviously, a long way ahead of Australia. America, a long way behind Australia in these kinds of areas. But what many would describe as an Orwellian uh, scenario where cash has disappeared, but at the same time people are seeing the benefits of cash disappearing. Back in the 1990s, you know, we the, the biggest conspiracy theory out there was that cash will one day disappear and now we are actually living in it. It's not a conspiracy theory, it's a reality. Of course, that does create the opportunity for control uh, because no longer do you actually have money, you just have zeros and noughts and an electronic promise to pay and at the flick of a switch you have uh, no way of being able to transact any kind of business whatsoever at all. Mm -hmm. And the Bible does talk about a time when sanctions will be able to be pretty much automatically placed on any individual on the planet. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bible speaks about that in relationship to the mark of the beast that people will not be able to, will be stopped from buying and selling unless they receive the mark of the beast. And just for the record, the mark of the beast is not a credit card, neither is it a barcode or a computer chip uh, or any other one of those pieces of technology. But all of those pieces of technology can be used to enforce the mark of the beast, which of course is all about worship. Mm. And so, yeah, it's just uh, super interesting to see the times in which we live today and to see what is actually taking place around us and to see cash disappearing. And uh, yeah, the new world order is here. It is, uh, that's, we are, we are living in it. We are the new world order. Yeah, we are the new world order. Super just want to go find these warehouses full of $100 bills, Lyle. Yes. Stealing from a criminal is still a criminal. What? Yes. Two wrongs didn't make a right? No, they don't.
You're listening to The Corner Room, Psalms 127, which was a special request for Betty Rudd this morning. And a big shout out to Dwayne and Ray who are listening in. Um, their car. Their car somewhere. <laughs> Don't know where they are, but they're listening into the show this morning. So um, good which, guys. Big which, shout out to them this morning. Dwayne? Uh, well, Dwayne and Ray. There you go. <laughs> oh, okay, that one. Oh, yeah, he's the best Dwayne I know. <laughs> oh, okay, so the best Dwayne. The best Dwayne. The, Dwayne. the best Ray as well. I don't know Ray. Okay. Is it? Well, if, you're, if your name is Ray, then uh, the Ray. we're talking about you. I'm mouthing, I'm mouthing surnames to the producer <laughs> and she's shaking and nodding whether or not I'm getting it right. I've got the Dwayne right. I've got the Ray wrong. You could be the best Ray. I don't know Ray, but... No, I don't know that one. Last was written down. Okay, so uh, clue for the quiz there, Mon? Oh, yes. Okay, so who am I? Uh, clue number three. Luke 1 tells how the lot fell on me to offer incense in the temple of the Lord. I want a phone call from Dwayne and Ray if they know this answer. Okay. If you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800. Come on, guys. Write this down. 1-800-324-843. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Luke 1 tells how the lot fell on me to offer incense in the temple of the Lord. Okay, Dwayne and Ray, see which one of you guys can uh, figure, call it out the, first. Call, figure it out first and call <laughs> us the fastest. Joining, on the, joining us on the phone this morning is Louis Torres, Pastor Louis Torres. Welcome to the show. Hello. Oh, we have, we've got you, yes. Hello, you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? We had a slight technical glitch, but now we can hear you loud and clear. I think that may have been our producer's. She's, she's kind of looking guilty on the other side of the glass there. But uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, we've had you on the show before. And uh, for those of you who do not know uh, Pastor Torres, he is a veteran evangelist, has a fascinating story coming from uh, Puerto Rico. Um, being a guitar player with Bill Haley and the Comets back in the day and has dedicated his life to serving God. Pastor Torres, what has brought you to Australia this time? I was invited to come and do some uh, presentations in, uh, let's see, Paramatta, Sydney, and in Wallara, Sydney. Okay, now... um, as you are here, you, you regularly come to Australia. Do you know how many times you've been to Australia? I don't remember the amount of times <laughs> I've been to Australia. But you haven't, sort of... you haven't been that far away from Australia because I met you, Pastor Torres, uh, I think back in 2011 when you were in Guam. Are you still based in Guam? I used to live in Guam. That's correct. I was serving as president of that field. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy to to come to Australia when you're around the corner, just over in Guam. But yeah, you you've been here a lot, actually. Are you going to be coming a bit more often? Uh, yes, um, by God's grace, I hope to be back for an AYC mm-hmm. in Melbourne in January, and then we will be. My wife and I will be coming uh, in February of 2020. Of course, I'm talking about. And we'll be here from February to to May, the month of May. That's quite a significant period. Is that the longest trip you've done to Australia? We are going to actually do uh, uh, work with the program called uh, Incredible Journey and Adventist World Radio to establish a training school for... Uh, 
That is fantastic wow. and that is exciting news. And uh, so you'll be working with uh, Pastor Gary Kent, which will be super exciting. And it'll be wonderful to see a training program established here, another training program established here uh, in Australia. This is something, you know, one of, the, one of those things that you really can't have uh, enough of. So you'll be here for that uh, for that full period establishing that training school. Um, is that being established in Sydney, in like in the CBD area? That's correct. It'll be in the Sydney area. Oh, that's great! Yeah, that's, that's exactly what Sydney needs. It needs a school close close to the city where you know a lot of the young people are. That's, that's really wonderful news. I had no idea. I'm so happy. Yes, we had one. We had a couple of training schools there that sort of lasted for a few years, yeah. and then, and then uh, moved on. And then moved on. So mm-hmm. um, now the whole concept of uh, Bible worker training schools, you know, three to four month programs, um, that really traces back to Mission College of Evangelism that you established. How many years ago did you establish that, um, Pastor Torres? That was that was 1996. And how many other um, similar? Uh, Colleges has that spawned since 1996? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I, I don't know the answer to that precisely, but I, I know that uh, several students from Mission College went out to start their own program. Uh, one was uh, Annie Care, who went to help uh, Amazing Facts start what is called AFCO. Uh, another one was David Asherick, who went to start um, Arise. And then there was another one, uh, in Michigan, called Emmanuel, that was another student who graduated, uh, Mark Howard. And then there was another one down in Florida that was um, started uh, by Scott Moore. And uh, there's one in, in uh, Germany called Josiah, started by another, uh, like actually a couple that came to uh, from Germany to Mission College, and then went back and started that school of uh, training. And uh, I know that there's um, one in Ukraine. Uh, We had one in Switzerland. Uh, There's one in England uh, by Amazing Facts. Uh, It's one of their branches. Uh, So as far as I know, there's several that that have um, um, sprouted from that first uh, concept. Yeah, very successful concept both for uh, Bible worker training and for discipleship, particularly of young people. Um, I know for myself I was involved for some years with the It Is Written Evangelism College down in Sydney, which was kind of spawned out of AFCO, which was spawned out of Mission College. And so you can trace the roots of a lot of what is taking place in the world back to that original um, institution back there in Mission College. What was it that inspired you to start the Mission College Bible Worker Training Program? Uh, it, my wife and I, um, in 19, actually in 1972, I began as a Bible worker myself, uh, but there was no training schools. There was, there was just something that the Lord called me I, and I started Bible working. And after that year, the conference called me and asked me if I would um, joined them. Uh, that was back in Chesapeake Conference in Maryland and Delaware. And I didn't know what the president wanted, but I discovered that he wanted me to to train the pastors from what I was doing. And I was shocked because I didn't have an ed- education, etc. But he felt impressed that what I had done 
because the Lord had blessed it. We had 33 people baptized on that year. And uh, the conference president said, you know something that my pastors don't know, so I want you to come and, and train uh, my churches in, in doing what you're doing. So that's when I actually began. But then um, every church we went to, we always trained people and, and, and put them into evangelism. And uh, finally, I became a conference evangelist in 1978, and we had a, a, a um, church that was a nice facility that had 800 seating capacity in the sanctuary. It had 300 seating capacity as a youth chapel. It had 1,100 seating capacity for fellowship dinner, uh, but there were only about 130 Sunday people attending. And so we, we, uh, went there, Kansas City, Missouri is where it was, and decided that we would use training to help that church grow. And you know, it's amazing what happened. The first people that we trained were three professionals who finally said, we're tired of horn with a pew, uh, can you train us? So we trained them, and then we trained 37, and uh, the church just grew uh, to about uh, 500 attending every Sabbath. So we realized then that that really what needed to be done is train lay people to become effective soul winners. And so our intent was simply just to, to encourage lay people and give them the tools that they needed to, to have in order to win people to Christ. And from there, my wife wrote a curriculum for a school that in some future time we would begin. And so it was not until we worked for Amazing Facts that we actually launched a uh, training program for Amazing Facts uh, that later on became um, the School of Evangelism that they have now, as well as the, in those days, was just one-week training program that we were doing. So the burden was simply that we felt bad for the lay people that they couldn't go off to school, they couldn't go off to college to uh, you know, earn a degree and, and, and learn how to do pastoral work. And we thought, well, by God's help, we'll do what we can. And what happened was once these lay people got going, uh, they became very effective. And rather than being lay people, they, they became pastors. And so we did not anticipated training people to become pastors. We just wanted them to be good, successful lay people so that they would know that God could use lay people to reach others for Christ. Pastor Louis Torres, why do you think it is that so many of the people that you've trained to do simple methods of Bible work have been pastors? Wouldn't that? Wouldn't we? Wouldn't we assume that that's the bread and butter of what somebody learns in a four-year degree? Well, there's a difference between educating and training. When you educate, uh, as as the formal uh, program goes, uh, they feel like they need four years to educate somebody. Um, when you train people. Uh, it's different. Uh, you give them the skills that they need to, to do what they need to do. And 
what happened was that the Lord led us to to identify those particular areas that were beneficial to help somebody know how to find of somebody uh, teaching the word and bring them across to to conversion and and committing their lives to Christ. So there there is a difference. You can educate a person without necessarily train them. Um, and but you can train somebody, and by training them, you're educating them, but not in the formal sense of the word. Would it be fair to say that your courses are uh, intensely practical? Then that would be safe to say. It's in, in, in very intense uh, training uh, because it's short. But uh, as they say in America, the fruit is in the pudding. Um, it, it has proven to put in people's hands those those uh, understandings, those tools that connect them to the Lord and enable them to be used by the Lord to, to reach others for Christ. Mm. And I can testify my for I can testify for myself having um, done the amazing facts course myself, then come back to Australia, and of course Monica did the It Is Written course, which was based on the amazing facts course, which was based on the Mission College course. Uh, that the proof definitely is in the pudding. You do get the skills that you need to be able to go out and to just simply lead somebody to Christ, um, which is uh, which is just you know it's fantastic. It's amazing. It's it is an experience that every Christian person should have. And if you've never had that experience, then I would encourage you to uh, to follow very closely what. Um, Pastor Louis Torres will be doing here in Australia with Pastor Gary Kent in establishing another training school down there in Sydney. Uh, you're here in uh, Parramatta and Warunga. How long are you here for this trip? Um, well, it was it was uh, Wallara. Uh, oh, sorry, Wallara. That's okay. Yeah. Well, I was there for a full week, and then we came up to. Um, I'm helping Hamilton. Church up here in, the, in Newcastle for this week, so I'm helping Justin and Teresa. Most people know her by Teresa Fong. Uh, it's interesting because I knew Teresa Fong when she was a little, little tiny toddler. Uh, her mother came to the training that we did. We used to do a training with Tara for one week, and several people went for that training. Um, and so Guile Fong became a Bible worker, still is a Bible worker today. And uh, they took those two little girls, Marlata and Teresa, and encouraged them in the same. And today those two girls are serving the Lord. So she then, when discovered that I was in, in Australia, she wanted to know if I could come up and just spend a week with them. And so that's what I'm doing presently. I'm here until the 28th. And I fly to Romania to do some speaking there. Fantastic! Well, it's it's great to hear that uh, that the work is going forward and God is using you, uh, Pastor Louis Torres. Thank you so much for joining us on Faith FM this morning. You are most welcome, and the Lord bless you guys as you continue to serve Him. That was Pastor Louis Torres, a veteran evangelist, educator, and trainer. Um, sharing with us this morning. We need to move on with the show. This is Andrew Peterson with Invisible God. You're listening to Faith FM. I 
to Faith FM, Positively Different Radio. Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. Here, O Lord, 
my righteous plea, listen to my cry. Give it to my prayer, it does not arise from deceit. May my vindication come from you. May your eyes see what is right, though you probe my heart and examine me at night. Though you test me, you will find there is nothing there. I've resolved my mouth, it will not sin against you. Cause for the deeds of evil men, oh Lord, by the word of your lips, I have kept myself from the ways of violent men. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. The steps of hell. Onto your paths, my feet have not slipped. I call on you, God, for you, oh Lord, answer me. Show the wonder of your love, oh Lord. Give your ear to my prayer, for enemies are saved. Those who hide in you, keep me as the apple. Me in the shadow.